You're listening to Larger Story Messages. For more teaching and resources, visit LargerStory.com. Welcome, everyone, to Larger Story's Book of the Month webinar series. Today, we're going to be talking about Dr. Crabb's book, 66 Love Letters. And this, this book could take us many months to go through. So before I introduce uh, my guest today, I just want to read something real quickly out of 66 Love Letters that I think sets the tone for, for where we're going today. And it says this, our lives are full, often complicated, and it seems we spend so much time attempting to fit God into our story that we don't allow ourselves to be lifted up into his story. An epic narrative that is mysterious, compelling, and utterly transforming. But as Larry Crabb discovered one late, restless, question-filled night, when you hear the master storyteller tell his story and your part in it, a shift happens in the center of your heart. You pause in the middle of terrific blessings or terrible trials or maybe just everyday life, and you can say, so that's what it's all about. Presented as a dialogue between one man and God, Dad Talks to God the Father, 66 Love Letters explores each of the books of the Bible as a letter from the Creator to you with the scarlet thread of Christ himself woven through the pages and culminates in an epilogue that offers a summarized view of the entire Bible. And I think that's really worth the price of the book itself is that last piece, that epilogue. That's a super fun thing. So find your own story within God's larger story and experience the power not only to transform your life in this world, but also, and I love this right here, but also to prepare you to meet the storyteller in the next one. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what dad's done now. So I had the privilege for the last 20 years of transcribing dad's books. And when I say transcribing, he would write down, many of you heard this during perhaps uh, some of the memorial services, but he would write down on a, on a piece of uh, with a pen and paper, and he would fax me this, and I would turn it into an electronic copy, and we would go back and forth until a chapter was produced. And I did that for the last 20 years. I really enjoyed it. And 66 Love Letters was published in 2009. Dad started that project early morning. You just heard me read that on a sleepless night. He began jotting down why he thought God wrote each of the 66 books in the Bible. And this started in early September of 2006. So after writing down a paragraph or two for each book of the Bible, he, he, he decided later that that was going to turn into a project, a, a Bible project or a book project that turned out to be massive. And, and um, actually in the middle of the project, he, 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 he produced the book Real Church, which, which, which actually put him in breach of contract because he was supposed to be finishing up 60s. And this book just burst out of him. And Jim and Kenny, you guys are laughing. Some of you who know dad as well are laughing, but but we worked it out, and um, and we finally got that that book produced. All that to say is this took a ton of work, and he talked to uh, Kenny. You know this renowned Old Testament and New Testament theologians to make sure he was on track with what he was saying in this book. Um, and the, and the, the thing that reminds me the most, and what I got excited about about today is, it was the first book that I ever started to produce with Dad. That's when he asked me, or I don't even know how it all happened, but I started to take over the production of, of transcribing his books at that time. And this was the first one we did together. Um, and it just brings back a lot of fun memories as I've gone through this. And 
we'll talk about some of that stuff today, I'm sure, with these guys here. Uh, okay, to my guest, as Jim gets as Jim gets settled in there, my man, uh, you can see on screen, I've got uh, my brother, Ken Crabb, who's going to join us today. Ken just got done uh, teaching the book of Revelation in a, in, a, in a men's Bible study that he's a part of, and uh, so I asked him to join us. He used 66 love letters um, as a big part of that, and then we also have a good friend of mine, Jim Cress. Jim's a radio personality. He's a licensed counselor. He's a seminar and workshop teacher, and, and also Jim will be uh, leading a workshop at the summit next weekend on the book of Nehemiah, and we'll talk through some of that today about what Jim's going to be talking about during uh, his time at the summit next weekend, um, which is uh, going to be really fun. So I wanted to also mention, <laughs> this is fun. You saw me talk about this. Some of you who have a copy of these audio, uh, CD audios, you might recognize the voice of God today as we're talking, uh, because Jim Cress is the voice of God on the audio. And I remember when we did this years ago, Jim, and it was so fun to go into studio and uh, and do that with you guys. So guys, thanks for joining me today and, and yeah. welcome to the uh, to the webinar. Glad to be on. It's the danger of watching the Facebook feed where I'm not on the screen, but apparently on the webinar because I realized I had my laptop here and I needed to have my power on. So I thought I was safe, but apparently on the webinar, I was probably seen scrambling around, but hey, why not? You're all right, my man. <laughs> you're, you're all right. We're just having fun today. This this one yeah. was really exciting. I'm I'm super excited to to do this because I was thinking about some of the stories that you were going to talk a little bit about, perhaps maybe of of some of the times as you were you were actually the voice of God reading through the manuscript. Yeah. Uh, as you and Dad were were both going back and forth, having a dialogue over each book of the Bible. What, what was that like, Jim? Well, I've shared with you, of course, you and I spent many nights in hotels traveling with different iterations of the Reach the Heart and the weekends and what precious memories those are. Yeah. Um, I was, um, you know, I went through the graduate program with, with Larry and um, then ended up being with him four to six years. I can't remember how long it was. <clears throat> and um, I, at that time, I'd moved over here to Charlotte, where I used to live over there with you all in Colorado. And he said, hey, I'm interested in this project, knew about 66. And he said, I'm going to do an audio recording, and I'd like you to play the voice of God. I don't honestly remember if you'd reached me first, Kep, or if he had reached, but I've been a radio broadcaster for years, and, you know, sorry, but I'm like, uh, boy, there are a lot of deeper, better voices. And, I mean, I do some voice acting stuff. I can do that. <laughs> and he said, no, that's you're the one I want. And he said, uh, and because I want it to be so typical to Larry, he said, I want it to be conversational. I don't want you to come in as Ken was kidding me to be James Earl Jones, you know, <laughs> and be the, this big voice of God, right. what saith thou, Lawrence? Right, you know? right, right. That he was, didn't want yeah. that. And no. so I was deeply honored. I knew that would go on in perpetuity long after his or my death, that I would be able to play that in the audio book and was deeply honored. And uh, what a time to just sit in the studio uh, there in Denver for I don't know how many days we did it to record all that. And we had some three days. You guys, fun. yeah, it was fun. You guys cranked yeah. it out. It was a that was a neat studio. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Well, as you guys start to think about this book, and we were thinking about this this webinar today, it's it's a very different book. I mean, you know, yeah. you can't just get up and start to well in the book of Genesis, Dad talks about this, and then God talks. You know, what what are the things that kind of stand out to you as you're as you're thinking through? And you and we've 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 all three gone through this book. Um, and um, what, are, what are some of the thoughts that just kind of occur to you as you, as you start to think about 66 love letters? Because I know that for me, 
what it brings out right off the bat is is kind of what I've been thinking about in respect to, to, to my dad uh, and Kenny's dad um, is how relational this book is. Yeah. It's a conversation with God the Father, because that's what dad brought to the table was the whole notion of, you know, relational sin and relational holiness and relational discipleship and relational formation. And, you know, what does it mean to relate in a way that puts Jesus on display that's only possible through the Holy Spirit? And I think dad gave us a little bit of a picture of that. And this book, I think, was the, what, what would he say, Ken? Was this his favorite book or was this the most important book? Or He would say it was his most important book. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he ever picked a favorite necessarily, but I certainly consider 66 his magnum opus. Um, I've had the privilege of teaching it three or four times in adult Sunday school classes. And as Kep just said, at my men's Bible study, we went through 14 of the books. But just in terms of how I've used it personally and how I think the book can be used is this is just a book that sat on my nightstand since I've had it. Um, and so it's not really you sit and you know, read two chapters a night and, and you're done. It's more of a, you know, I'm going to study the gospel of John and I'm going to make a deep dive into the gospel of John. And let me go ahead and read a conversation that would have maybe changed if dad were rewriting it. Of course, it's going to be very fluid, but just the idea of what were some of those thoughts as I get into this particular book. And, and even when I've taught this in adult Sunday school classes, I've usually just picked one book. I just chose a book from the Pentateuch, the history books, the minor prophets, major prophets, gospels. You know, you just uh, will pick maybe eight to 10 of the books out of the 66 to study um, for purposes of discussion. And then one final thing I'll say is when, when COVID first hit in uh, spring of 2020, my family and I would watch a Bible project on Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and our church for about 45 straight weeks was one of these letters after watching a Bible project video on the book. Mm -hmm. And wow. it, it, it took 25, 30 minutes. My kids are, you know, 18, 16, they're not little kids, but uh, they got as much out of those services as they did from church. So we had, we had a great time just going through it as a family just in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, you heard, you heard me mention earlier that this is the kind of book that a lot of people have used as a devotional, and there actually is a devotional that we have that goes with it, God's Love Letters to You, which is a 30-day devotional, um, but it, it, it's just something you can do all the time, and you just keep exactly. yourself immersed in Scripture, and then this is a, just a, a tool to use with Scripture, and, and just to tell, you know, like I said earlier, too, the research that went into this was... Which, which is why it took so long to write this book. It wasn't just something, you know, and I said to dad early on in the process, I said, dad, if you're going to be writing as the voice of God, you, you better have your ducks in a row. And he's like, I, <laughs> I know. And so he talked to a lot of just, you know, what he would say better minds than his and wrestled with these guys and, and they would look at it and they'd go through it in, in different ways. But you, you guys both know how dad just loved to wrestle with the Bible. Um, yep. and, uh, and that's just been something that I, as I was going through this book, you know, in the last few days, just saying, wow, it just is what this is, you know, that's, I think that's why dad just had such a good time doing it. It was a struggle though. It was mm -hmm. just such a struggle, you know? Mm. Hey, uh, my favorite story where a lot of this began and you, you both as his sons heard this, but Cap, he would tell this every weekend in our weekday conferences. And I am think very visually, so I could see this. 
where he's sitting with who I got to meet once, uh, I think just once, your, your grandpa Crab, uh, Larry's dad, and there he's sitting by that thing with old coal stove sitting there, and it was time for Red Skelton to come on. That's old school, man. Back when that was a TV show, man, we wanted to watch yeah. it. it. Was funny, and he and his dad would watch it, and he went in, and dad said, "No, go on, go on," and it was like. No, I said, I'm not going to watch it tonight. And Larry, in his inquisitive, curious way, was like, as a child, what do you mean? I mean, what do you mean you're not going to watch it? And, of course, your grandpa was was reading the book of Leviticus. I mean, I've never once had my devotions in Leviticus. So, you know, he's reading Leviticus and the stimulation of what must be in there. So really, 66, in my opinion, starts with God the Father and starts with uh, Lawrence Sr., your dad's dad, that's where 66 starts, and now his sons are carrying on the legacy. How about three generations? Uh, and that whole idea of saying there must be something that is so alive in my dad that he's excited over that versus a favorite television show, I think that definitely sparks something uh, very deep in Larry. And you know, the, my, one of my favorite um, Lines to ever hear your dad say, I have him on recording, you have him on recording, where he would be in some venue to speak, especially the old days back in Spanish River or speaking anywhere across the country, Winona Lake, CCU, anywhere. And he would say, take your, ladies and gentlemen, take your Bibles. And then it was all from there. And I really believe and have always believed uh, Larry, of course, was a pastor in the purest sense of the word. Uh, he was, you know, that pastor who was in a, uh, a counselor's role, if you will, and inside his heart was just way before 66 was written, his heart was to really open the word of God, and you all grew up under it, and, you know, remember Larry always said you all lived it, that some people don't know what this means, but he bought a dadgum overhead projector to teach on, and so he came alive of just, um, he just wanted to teach the Bible, and uh, that was so much of his passion, and he didn't make the text come alive for me. Uh, I mean, I think the text is alive, but to go into that conversational narrative, and now we have people deconstructing their faith, and we have people saying, is God real? And they're, you know, what's real about all this? And in that book, the very conversational, not just prayer, but talking with God back and forth, I know for so many who've read it, it's just said, you know, that I can be that conversational with God both me speaking back to God, but me also like Lexio Divina, you know, listening, listening to what God is saying and his word is not boring. As Dr. Howard Hendricks at Dallas Seminary taught us, if you're going to bore people, bore them with Shakespeare, don't bore them with the Bible. And through 66, man, it's like, this is a real conversation. This is current. (laughs) So it's funny because you say that and Ken and I reminded of, and I almost used at the memorial service that I spoke at was if you'll take your Bibles and turn to I've yeah. heard my dad say that say that so many times from behind oh. the pulpit as he's starting as he's starting a, a, a Sunday sermon or starting something, and so that just reminds me. I remember another story, Jim, as you were talking that just kind of kind of came across my mind was he told me one time, and this was years and years ago. I drink. I I, I have to, to 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 be in the scripture like someone has to eat and drink. You know, yeah. I, I I need the scripture like I need air to breathe, and I kept thinking. What do you mean by that, Dad? And it's interesting, as I as I go through this book, the 66 Love Letters, it's just so Dad, the relational yeah. conversation. And I think what I came away with as I was just, just going through this is we all have the opportunity to 
to have that impact, to yes. have that conversation. We, you know, if you have the spirit of Jesus in you, the Holy Spirit, then you have the opportunity to have the impact that a Larry Crabb had, that a Billy yeah. Graham has, that yeah. a, you name it, you name the person. Now, you might not write 30-some books. You might not lead, you know, um, master's degree programs in, in, in <clears throat> counseling, but you have the, the opportunity to impact somebody relationally in a way that, and, and it's, the, it's, the, it's the kind of the slogan that we've used for larger story, is that puts Jesus on display. Yeah. What does that look like? How does it look like? Well, we have a little bit of an example of that in dad, you know, how he related to us, how we saw Jesus through how he related to us. It, it, it chokes me up now as I think about, because it's, <clears throat> we're coming up on a year now and we've got the summit, the summit coming up here as we celebrated. He wanted so much for this to happen. Um, he, he was so excited about these kind of things. And he, he had talked about doing this exact thing that we're going to be doing next weekend. And so we're doing that to honor him in a lot of ways. We're going to talk, yeah. we're going to tell a lot of stories. It's going to be, you know, as we're putting this whole thing together, which has been no small task, it has been so fun thinking through. And as you go into 66 love letters, it just really, you know, I love Ken, you said this is kind of his, his, the, the, the memorable piece, the, the magnum opus of his, of his, of his massive writing career. But this is what is going to last because it's coming straight from scripture. I remember when I was doing this book with him and we got to the book of Obadiah and I said to dad, as I'm transcribing, I said, dad, you are ripping the church. And I mean, he said, it's not me. Not me. Not me. <laughs> yeah, it's not me ripping the church. And I was just like, wow, you know, and what does it mean? And I love the whole thought of, we really can have a conversation with God, the father. And we have the spirit of Jesus in us. I don't know. That's, that's big. That's just big. And, um, and dad gave us that example, you know, and I just, I don't know, this is a book you need to, to just stay immersed in just like you do in scriptures. And dad would never say that this is scripture because he, you know, um, that would never right. be, he'd be yep. upset if we said it now and we wouldn't, but it sure does. It's sure a, a, a partnering tool as, as Kenny was talking about when you go through a book or you're teaching something or you're thinking through something, jump into this and just read the short 1500 word chapter, which is a very short chapter. Um, each chapter itself is short. It's a, it's a 99,000 word book. So the book itself is not short, but each chapter is, is easy to get through. And then it just springboards you into a, into the relational component that we have with the Trinity as we're talking to God, as we spend time in his, in his word. You know, guys, I think that's especially true real quick of, um, one thing Larry mentored me. So as he mentored many others, said one to him, I said, ah, I just feel so inadequate here. And he said, embrace your inadequacy. I know he announced that to other people, but I had those private times with him. I've never, never forgotten that. And then to go to the word of God and say, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable and honest here, but if you want to start me in Leviticus, that's boring. Or to get into some other Old Testament, let me just, you know, that's why they make the little New Testament with Psalms and Proverbs, you know, almost <laughs> Bible-like, maybe, I don't know. And but to see through 66 love letters to go in and say, there is such relationship with God, a threat of the presence and future of Christ, the coming Messiah, and um, all, all that the, I would think, how do you make that alive? And I think Larry would say, I'm not making anything alive in this book. It is the word is alive. And to see what's there and having those honest conversations, because I, I see it in the imprecatory Psalms where David's like, God what the heck are you doing? If I were running the show, 
I wouldn't be doing that. Go over and get those guys, you know, get them. And it's like uh, there was an honesty there. David always would come back, though, and basically say, okay, you're God, I'm not. But he got it out of the system. I think in 66, there's just a level of, you know, you really can be that honest with God. And man, I remember sitting in the studios when we recorded that. And I'd already read the book and then had the manuscripts and listening. And I went, he really, really was honest in his wrestling with God. And it's like he he didn't have to edit himself. And why would God, he already knows my heart. And so he wants me to come in and freaking edit myself to talk to him. It's like, what am I doing? So I just love that about the authenticity of the narrative in this book. I think I did too. Ken, go for it. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think one of his gifts to the church um, was just his ability to ask questions. Uh, he yeah. asked hard questions of himself, of others, of God. And and I don't know that, I mean, I think reading 66 Love Letters helped me have the courage to ask some of those questions. Mm. And it's not one thing my, one thing dad always said was, you know, the more you open the Bible, looking for it to answer our questions, we realize it's not answering a lot of the questions we're asking. So then our questions change. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, what so questions, good. What questions does the Bible even bother to answer? Yeah. Yeah. And so then start saying, okay, well, maybe I should be asking those questions. <laughs> well, and dad talks about that. And, he, and that's when he came up with really the seven questions, you yeah. know, and, and, and you remember him saying uh, that if, 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 if we're not dealing with something that involves these seven questions or all of them, probably not dealing with something that has eternal value. So um, as we keep going here, I, I would just want to set this up. We've got a video that Kenny actually shot, and you guys are going to be the first to see this video. Um, it's not good quality. We've It's gone through a number of processes to get to where it is now, but you can hear it pretty well. Dad's voice is very weak. Um, he's it's, The shirt he's wearing is a little bit irritating because the, the way the camera's moving or whatever, but we wanted you guys to hear, and what, what this is, is this is a three-minute long video um, that, that, that he, un, he unpacks. Um, he unpacks why he, why he wrote the book, 66 Love Letters. So we're going to show you this video now. We apologize for the quality of the video, and then we're going to come back into this, into this discussion. I just want to remind you, too, um, uh, that uh, if you have any questions, I've seen a few questions come through already. We'll, we'll touch base on some of those if we have time towards the end of today. Um, but I just want to show this video. And uh, again, I apologize for the quality, but, um, but thanks for joining us. Well, I am glad that you guys, under Ken's leadership perhaps, are going to be studying 66 Love Letters. Let me tell you how the book came about. Probably, I don't know, when 20 years ago, maybe, I read Kierkegaard, the great Danish Christian philosopher, and he made the comment that the Bible is a collection of love letters. And it made no impression on me. But 20 years later, or thereabouts, after I heard that from Kierkegaard, I thought, I don't really see how Judges could be a love letter. I don't see how Obadiah could be a love letter. I just couldn't see how so many of the books, some obviously, the Gospel of John, Ephesians, all sorts of letters in the Bible, all 66 of them, um, Kierkegaard said were love letters. Well, I know how to read love letters, because I began dating Rachel when she was 12, 
it was very easy to read Rachel's letters as love letters because she told me she loved me. And I told her in response that I loved her. So that was the beginning of my thought. But then I decided to think about that. And I thought, God, somehow you're showing your love in each of those Bible books, and I don't know how. So that's what got me started. And I remember just sitting down one night by the fireplace in my Denver home and getting out my pen and pencil and writing down the word Genesis and thinking, where can I find love coming from you in Genesis? And then I thought, well, let me go on to Exodus and Leviticus felt a little hard. But after a while, it became, became really clear to me that there is love expressed in every, every love letter um, that God wrote. And that just got me inspired to sit and think. And I don't know how long it took me. I think it took me a couple of years. Four years. Yeah, four, four years to write that book. And I think of all the books that I've written, I think maybe it has the most value. Other books I certainly hope have value. There are 28 of them, but, but I think Love Letters maybe has the most value because I came away saying, I'm really loved. That's quite something. So I really hope that you, you know, it's going to take some time, but I appreciate that you made the decision to take the time to write, uh, to study both Love Letters, and I hope it just deepens your appreciation that you, that we're all really loved by God. So go at it. May the Holy Spirit guide you. Have a great time, and I appreciate the effort you're going to put into it. It means a lot to me. Wow. Wow. Wow, indeed. <clears throat> How long was that before he died, Ken? That was uh, Valentine's Day. So February 14th, he died the 28th. This Monday. This bed six days after that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Let me just read one quick little thing as I'm as I'm thinking about this, because I think this just always summed up my dad. I'm looking at the epilogue of the book 66 Love Letters here, and it says, where are you? The dad called that was the red dot. Where are you? Where's your red dot? And, and where's your honest? There's, there's Jim's red dot. And that was the question that God asked Adam after he made the mess of things and tried to cover it up. It opened Adam's ears to hear the beginning of an incredible story that God would, would go on to tell. And now he's told it uh, from start to finish. In 66 Love Letters, it occurred to me that the same question asked of us might open our ears to hear the whole story in a way that could keep us on the path to the party. He, he always refers to where he's at now as the party. The party, the trinities have a party. Heaven is a party. Um, <laughs> uh, so let me ask the question before I retell the story in the 66 paragraphs that he wrote at the end of this book. And he says again, where are you right now? Any big challenges to your faith at the moment? <laughs> He's asking you guys the question that. He's asking me that question. You worried about where the world is heading? Anybody wor worried about where the world is heading now? <laughs> um, concerned about personal matters? Feeling down uh, for no discernible reason? You're tired? or more insecure than loved, hiding loneliness or a sense of failure behind a friendly personality or a busy schedule or an air of comp competence. 
Is there anything that you really want that God hasn't given you? And the prospects for getting it look pretty slim. And he goes on to unpack that, that whole thing. This, that's what my dad was. He asked those questions, where are you? You know, um, it was amazing. So I just, it just, just reminds me of him. Somebody asked real quickly, what were the seven questions that we were talking about? Uh, so let me just tell you what they are real quickly. The first question is, who is God? And, uh, uh, you know, a perfectly happy community of three persons uh, who might need more powerful glasses for this thing here. Theology uh, proper. Yeah, right. Well, just who, who is God? What's God up to? Who are we? What's gone wrong? What's God done about our problem, about what has gone wrong? What, what, here's, here's the one I love. How is God's spirit moving today? That's, that's something I've been very, very fascinated with and just captured by God's Holy Spirit. We have the spirit of Jesus Christ in us. That's pretty amazing power, guys. Mm -hmm. how, how do we join the spirit's movement? That's what dad was all about. And that's why his life had impact. Not because he was some smart guy who could put words on a paper. It's because the spirit said, I'm going to use you, Larry, because you're letting me use you. And what does that mean for all of us? It just gives us hope, folks, that we can do that. There, there, there's the seven questions. Yeah, thank you, Chris. You know, and you can read the descriptions of each of the questions, but uh, that's the seven questions that that uh, the dad has put together and that he really has has based his life on. And um, we're going to be talking a lot about that next weekend and a bunch of good stuff. So, guys, this was just a hoot. Um, before we close down, I just want to say um, one more thing. Some people have been asking how my wife is doing. She's doing great. <sighs> feeling, feeling great. Um, it's just, it's been awesome. So we're grateful. And uh, I'm just so happy for that and for her. She's, uh, you know, still battling cancer, but she's not feeling the, the weight of it in the sense of nausea and that kind of stuff. So it's good. It's really good. But um, Amen. yeah. Anything you guys want to say as we get ready to close down? Can I give a oh, hint about real quickly about Nehemiah? Please do, Jim. Jim is going to be teaching at the summit. He's going to be leading a workshop, one of the workshops going on. And so this is a great time to talk a little bit about what you'll be talking about at, me, at, at the summit next weekend. Well, it follows the seven questions and follows all that, that Larry did, as we said. And so in the spirit of uh, Larry, who is partying like I can only imagine uh, in heaven, uh, take your Bibles and turn to Nehemiah 2. And as Larry did in 66 Love Letters, this is not me. This is out of the Word of God. Uh, and these four questions, and there'll be a lot more around Nehemiah I'll be sharing, I think ought to be, and if not every conversation, many conversations in the right out of Nehemiah. You've got a background of the Babylonian captivity. The walls are down. The gates are destroyed by fire. Nehemiah is sad. He looks and says, this is not a pretty picture. He's the cupbearer of the king. He goes into the king. You don't want to be sad in the king's presence. The king does something. Larry was always curious. He always talked about, be curious, think beneath. And so the king with all the power, listen, as a good soul friend would do, Nehemiah said, I'd never been sad in the king's presence before for good reason. So the king looks at him and says, hey, question one, what's going on? There's four questions here. He says, what's going on? I see 
that your face is sad, but I know you're not sick. This could only be a sadness of the heart. Remember David in Psalm 142, he said, I looked to my right, some say left and right. There's no one who cares for my soul. No one's curious. So the king looks and says, I see you're sad. Question one is, what's going on? Nehemiah has congruency. He says, well, why shouldn't my face be sad? For my home, my life, the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. This is the scariest question, question two, that any counselor, any soul friend, any pastor will ever ask. And that is this. I believe it. I found it in years now being a counselor. And, and Jesus asked this in the way of thirst. Question one is, what's going on? Question two, in many conversations is, oh, that's going on? That sounds really hard. Question two is, so what do you really want? Larry told us many times, and we all know this, C.S. Lewis reminded us that we are far too easily satisfied. God's providing for us a holiday at the beach, and we're making mud pies in the slum. So people say, what do you want? I want a better marriage. That's it? Think beneath. Question two is, well, what do you really want? Question three is, okay, if you're going to work on this, it's right here in chapter two. Question three is, how long is this going to take? How long is this going to take for you to work through this issue or this problem or versus I want a quick fix overnight, you know, healed today? And, and as Larry would remind us, what's God going to do in you, not to you during this process? Question one, what's going on? Question two, well, what do you really want? Question three is, how long is this going to take? Question four, and I'm done, is not stated, but it's implied. So if you want to, he said, I just want to go rebuild my life, the walls and the temple. He said, if that's what you want, what it's implied, what are the supplies you need? And Nehemiah says, I need TSA pre-check. He does. He <laughs> said, I need safe passage, the letters to the governors beyond the province that they'll let me pass through. And then he said, I need a blank credit card to Home Depot and Lowe's. He says it right here. I need a letter to give me to Asaph, the keeper of the king's force, that he'll give me the timber for the gates of the fortress of the temple the walls of the city, and the house that I will occupy. So those are the four questions. What's going on? What do you really want? Don't be as satisfied too early. How long is this going to take? And what do you need for the journey? And of course, we both, all three of us know this, and Larry and Rachel used to talk about this so much, at least on those weekends, favorite part of the book. And the king granted me what I asked for. Interesting in the history, the king paid for the whole doggone thing, which is unbelievable. The king granted me what I asked for. Why? Remember this kept so many weekends for the good hand of my God. It literally says is upon me for good. It's not just upon me for the good hand of my God is upon me for good. And that's for all of us tonight that God's good hand is on us for good. We'll do a lot more than that, but that's just those four questions straight out of Nehemiah 2. Man, I love that, Jim. I have one it, final thought, which is yeah. my favorite line in 66 love letters. And it's probably the start of larger story. Wow. Dad said, and this is 2006, if you focus on the smaller story of your life from your natural birth to your natural death, you will misunderstand everything that matters. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dad was so focused on the larger point. story. Larger story. <laughs> That's it. You know, the storyteller. We've all got a story, guys. And the, and, and, and the story is important. How, how does it fit into God's larger story? And that only happens through the Holy Spirit. So I just, you know, I really appreciate you guys joining me today. This has been so much fun. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, and, um, you know, you know, dad will, it'll be one year on Monday that dad passed away. On Monday will be one year. And it just, it's amazing how quickly things seem to be happening here. 
and uh, how quickly time is, is just rolling by and how fleeting this life really is. And I bet for dad, it seems like he's been dead for one day, maybe less. Like Narnia. You know, yeah, right. Maybe an yeah. hour. Um, I mean, it's just amazing. And I, I said to you, Jim, the other day, I always wonder, what's he doing right now? What's he up to? What's I guarantee you whatever he's doing, if anywhere in heaven there's a place to buy a blue legal pad, he's found it. <laughs> That's true. He's got that blue legal pad of anything. I bet he's got one. He's, he's taking notes, man, at this point for sure. But all the questions are answered now. So yeah. um, I, I thank so. you guys all for joining us as well, who are joining us today. Uh, remember, next, uh, next weekend, we've got the Larger Story Summit. Love to see you. If you can join us virtually, I think it's going to be really worth your time. And then also at the end of March next month, we're going to be talking about Larry's book, Waiting for Heaven. We called it now Arrived in Heaven for Him, but for us, we're all still waiting. So join us on March 30th. Jim, we'll see you in a weekend. Ken, I'll see you next week. I can't wait to see you. Um, thank you guys for joining us today. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Larger Story Messages. To learn more, visit LargerStory.com. <laughs>